days. He loves driving games, racing games. He'll even, like when we're getting ready to go, he doesn't get in his car seat a lot. He'll get in the driver's seat and he'll stand up and he'll be like, and he'll make all the noises. But one thing that I was noticing is he's not getting anywhere. And for some of us here tonight, I believe that that describes our prayer life. We, we get in here, we, we do the right motions, we make the noises, we, we, we do everything right, but, but we don't go anywhere. And, and I believe that that's because we've hopped in the car with no keys and no understanding how to move that car. Amen. And so, so what I want to do tonight is I want to set this up. I was starting to pray and I was like, God, give me something different. Give me something fresh. And, and this word started to resonate in my spirit. And that word is boldness. That word is boldness. Now, I'm not talking about like this idea of boldness. I'm talking about boldness for real, like how to be bold, what it takes to be bold, what it means to be bold. And uh, I, I started feeling that. And I'm like, okay, what are you trying to? What are you trying to tell me, God? What do you want me to to tell your people? And here's what I believe that that He put in my spirit is that we have to come into the throne room of God boldly. Amen. We have to be bold. We have to come in there bold. You know, prayer was important to Jesus, and it showed. It showed in His power. It showed in His authority. And uh, by the way, that's the same power and authority that me and you have, that he's poured out on us. Pastor Josh uh, talked about that this Sunday. It's one of my favorite scriptures where, where in the Bible it talks about that we'll do greater things. Amen. You know, that's a big promise, but that's a promise from a promise keeper. Amen. And so when I read that in the Bible, I believe that in the Bible. But what I don't see is I don't see it in my life. I don't see it operating, and, and we can get up here and we can talk about, well, it's faith, and we can do this, but, but here's what I see more often than not, is people don't come into the presence of God with boldness. They don't come into the presence of God with a sense of identity and with a sense of authority, and, and here's what I mean. I want to set this up for you tonight. Um, the definition for boldness I want you to remember this. Every time we talk about boldness, I want you to think about this. It means without reservation, frankness, and with full open speech. With full open speech. So I was reading that, and I was like, that doesn't sound like a lot of our prayer lives. That doesn't sound like a lot of our prayer lives. What sounds like a lot of our prayer lives is... This idea of, of coming and you hide stuff or, or maybe you don't, you don't come open, you don't come full, you don't press in fully for whatever reason. And that's what I want to deal with tonight. Um, here's why. I believe that your marriage, your health, your finances, all that depends on your boldness praying. Because... If you, if you go and you read the Bible and you, you see the way God moves, God moves when we ask, when we seek, when we pray. He even tells us to ask, seek, knock. Amen? So he doesn't just respond to needs. He responds to, to us asking. And, and, and so I believe that, first of all, we don't ask enough. But, but your marriage, your health, it depends on that. Or, or what about this? Your, your circle of influence, the people that you influence, all that depends on your boldness. All that depends on your boldness. We've been given a strong call, you guys, and everybody 
has been given that call to love God and love others. Love God, love others. Tell them about it. It all depends on your boldness. So we need to get a hold of what boldness is. And here's what I've started to notice is your prayer life gets attacked, amen? You'll start to notice all these little things. And here, I'll say this, I'll probably say it till the day that I die. The enemy only attacks what he's afraid of. If your prayer life wasn't going to be powerful, then why does he attack it so much? If he wasn't scared of what happens when you can come into the presence of God and really seek after God and really pray with the authority of the Bible and the authority of Jesus Christ, man, that scares him. And so what he wants to do is he wants to keep you from that. And here's some of the way he does that. He, you know, God doesn't want to hear from you or God's mad at you. Or this is, this is one of my favorite. What have I done? Because I don't feel God. Because I don't feel God. Or this is something you'll probably never hear another pastor say. But can we just be honest in church tonight? Been praying. Nothing's happened. So that little voice, that little voice pops up and it. I've been praying, but it doesn't do any good. I've been praying, but maybe I shouldn't just waste my time. Maybe I should. Maybe I should make it happen. And, and, and here's what I know. If the devil can stop you in your prayer life, then he stopped you from being effective. He stopped you from really having power. He stopped you from really having authority. And I believe that's why we struggle so much is because we don't have the same authority that Jesus says you're going to have. Um. I want to show you an example of this in Hebrews 4, verse 14. Therefore, since we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast to our confession. Listen, listen to this. Listen to this. Let us hold fast to our confession. That confession of Jesus Christ is Lord, he's my Savior. That confession of repenting, that, that, that confession of accepting Jesus Christ that gave you the authority and gave you the power and adopted you into sonship and daughtership with Christ. That same confession, listen to this, it says, hold on to our confession. It sounds like that's talking to some 2019 people who walk around feeling like they're going to lose that confession all the time. Or feeling like they're guilty, feeling like they're, they're shameful. And I was reading this and I was like, man, that doesn't sound like a lot of Christians today. That doesn't sound like Christians that could come into the presence of God boldly. What that sounds like is, is the author of Hebrews is saying, I know that there's going to be times that you're not going to feel this way or you're not going to feel that way, but hold on to your confession. That says to me that that confession is strong, man. That says to me that that confession is powerful. Verse 15, For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weakness. I can go home tonight. The Bible's going to preach to us. Sympathize with our weakness, but one who has been tempted in every way and yet was without sin. I got to hit on this for a minute, guys. 
we see that Jesus sympathizes with our weakness. And let me tell you what this does. This flies in the face of religion. This flies in the face of, of, of being taught that Jesus is mad at our weakness. This flies in the face of Jesus don't have time for our weakness. This flies in the face of what our culture has made Christianity, where we got to get this junk right before we do this. And we walk around feeling like, well, I'll go in front of God. Has anybody ever said this stuff? I'll go in front of God when I can get this kind of straightened out. I know I have before. Just shame, just condemnation, just I don't deserve to be in the presence of God. And I want to tell you that no, you don't. That's why he came. It's so that that veil was torn and you can be in the presence of God. Look what comes next in verse 16. Therefore, let us approach the throne of grace with boldness. With what, church? With what? Let us approach the throne of grace with boldness, right? With, with boldness, free, open speech, frankness, to the point. Let us approach the throne of grace with boldness so that we may receive mercy, listen to this, and find grace to help us in our time of need. Let me tell you what often happens instead of this oftentimes i think we read this and we're, we we say amen and we're like man this is this is good stuff but a lot of the times we walk we walk in the presence of god with our head down we walk in full of shame and full of full of weight that the enemy's trying to say man listen you can't take all that junk in there that's exactly where we should be taking this stuff into the throne room of god to the God that sympathized with our weakness and sent his son to beat death in the grave rather than saying, no, I don't got time for your weakness. But that's what we treat it. And, and oftentimes we don't take a physical stance like that because we got to be in church, right? We can't walk around making people think that, that we're scared to go in the presence of God or we're scared to pray or we're going through this and we're, we're so empty. We're so hurting because we don't have the helper with us because we're too ashamed to tell him what's going on. Coming in the throne room of, of God with boldness. I wonder how many of us, even though we don't take that physical posture, how many of us take that posture spiritually? Like, God, I know you're busy. God, I know that I'm not worthy. I know that I've done this again. But, you know, if you could just, if you have a minute, and I could just hear Jesus, because people said this stuff to him in the Bible, and he's like, if I can, what do you mean if I can? And I could just hear him right now. It, what do you mean if, I, if I've got time or if I could get around to it? Most people get frustrated right here. And I was thinking about how this ties into our identity. We don't know who we are in Christ and what it truly means. And I think that if we can grasp that, then we'll have that boldness. Amen. Y'all ready? This good stuff? All right. Most of you already know this, but my parents separated when I was young. I was, I was a young boy. Um, prior to that, things weren't just great around the house. You know, my parents weren't hardly there. They worked a lot. My mom worked two jobs. My dad worked a lot, not to mention all the other crazy stuff that was going on that I didn't even know about at that time. But So what would happen is, 
is I had all these like babysitters and all these people that, that I can look back and I'm like, I remember more about them than I remember about my family, to be honest with you, just to be truthful. And um, I, I was thinking about these people and how they impacted our lives, like Miss Senior. She, I would be dropped off at her house before school, and then I'd go there after school. She had kids that were way older than me, so it's like it, it didn't make sense for me to be there. But Miss Senior taught me a lot of stuff. She was awesome. She took me in like I was her own kid. And one of the things I still do this today is she taught me how to make homemade French fries, like take the potato, cut it, leave the skin on, fry those bad boys till they're crispy. While they're hot, hit them with some Lowry season all. Don't give me none of that seasoned salt. You got to bring the Lowry's season all. I still make fries like that today. They good too, ain't they? That came from Miss Senior, and I was thinking about my Aunt Patty, and she, she used to watch me. My Aunt Patty was also my kindergarten teacher, and I went to a school where they paddled. And so, like, when I would get in trouble, I got paddled by my teacher, but then I got paddled by my aunt. And I was like one of her boys because I, I, I was adopted into that. And, I, I, man, she wore me out, and then I knew I was going to get calls to my parents. They were going to do it. Man, it was awful. She took me in and raised me like I was her son. Um, the Cannons, man, same thing. They just, they had kids my age. They treated me like I was one of their kids. I spent so much time with them that I remember going to VBS. It's one of my first memories of churches and, and going to VBS and going to church on Sunday and, and stuff like that. And you know, I think, of, I think of all the people. I think of my friend Craig. We're still like brothers today because of all those times. And I was thinking about that. But I want to tell you, at first, it was awkward. At first, I stayed to myself. At first, I didn't ask for anything. You know why I didn't ask for anything? Because I did not understand who I was to them. Right? Let me break that down. Like, I could have had anything that I wanted. They never... They never made me feel excluded. They never made me feel like out of the family, even when things were awkward, even when I was hurting, even when I didn't want to come in there for dinner, even when, you know, all I had to do was ask. But I didn't think it was right to ask them because I didn't think I had the right to ask them. And I think that's how we come to God is I don't have the right to do this. I don't have the right to do that. And really... If you think about it, church, that's walking total opposite of what Jesus has called us to do. Total opposite. Band, if you'll come on up, I'm closing with this. You've heard this story before, you know, everybody has. If you've been in church for any amount of time, or this is one of those stories that goes beyond church. You know, you hear it all the time, and that's of the prodigal son. And I, I was thinking about this story, and I love this story. It's powerful. The boy, the, the, the younger son, asked for his inheritance early. Y'all know the story. He goes off. He squanders it. He, he's wanting to eat food that the pigs want to eat, or that the pigs are eating. And he thinks to himself, even the servants at my father's house are, are, ha, have it better than me. So what I'll do is I'll go back to him. I'll remind him that, that, you know, hey, I was once your son. I'm not asking for all of that. I know I messed up. 
I'm not asking for all of that. I'm asking that you'll put me to work so that I can be a servant, but so I can eat. And the Bible says that the father saw him while he was a long way off. And he ran out. He made him. We, we, we know the story. He, he was restored. And they, they had a big party because the son was, was home. And, you know, it, it's that, well, he was once lost and, and now he's home. And, and we know that story. But listen to me. I, I don't feel like that story is in there by accident. Because that's how we approach God. We approach him and, and we're like, man, I know you've given me this sonship. I know you've given me this, but I didn't use it right. I squandered it. I messed it up. And now I don't deserve it. But please just give me something. And that's our posture when we come to God. But in that story, the father saw him while he was far out. That means he was looking for him. That means he was wanting him to come home. That means he was expecting him to come home. He didn't say a word to him. He didn't say, I told you this was going to happen. He ran out to him to meet him. And isn't that a powerful just example of what Jesus does? And so for our first moment of prayer, I'm going to lead us for a couple of minutes, but then we're just going to worship and feel free to walk around if you want to or or pray, at, you know, where you're at or come up to the altar. But, but what I want us to do first is I want us to realize who we are. And for some of that, it, for some of us, it may be easier. And so it may, it may mean just like giving God praise. And it, listen, if this message wasn't for you, if you know who you are, you have that power and you have that authority, then be using it. Because I believe, as a matter of fact, I know because I feel it in my spirit that there's people here tonight that aren't. And they need you to step in that gap. And so what, that's what we're going to start out. We're going to start out with, with saying, God, let me hold firm to my confession so that I can come boldly into your presence like I should with that authority, like I should with that power, like I should. And then from there, that's going to be our launch point for the rest of the service. We're going to pray the walls down, man. I hope people just start. I hope the grass gets saved. So y'all be ready. Amen. Can we just do that? Let's pray. Father God, I thank you for your word, Lord. I thank you that your word just flies in the face of all the lies the enemy tries to tell us, all the things that the enemy tries to tell us, to derail us, to make us ineffective, to make us unproductive. And God, I just pray right now that that voice is silenced by your word because your word stands forever. And that voice is just a little bit. That voice is just a fight. That voice will be silenced. We take authority over that right now, Lord. Lord, and, and, and in this place, we come before you and we ask you to raise up our boldness. We ask you to remind us of our identity in you so that we can walk with the power, so we can walk with the authority that you've called us to walk with, so that we can come into your presence without the shame that you've already freed us from. And, and we can come knowing that, that you're right there. We can come knowing and come boldness with open speech and tell you what's going on in our lives, God. And your word says so that we can 
receive help in our time of need. God, let us, let us in this place start to see the, the, the promises of your word, start to see the miracles happen because we're seeking you with boldness and we're seeking you with power and we're seeking you with authority. God, we know that the faith will rise up. We know that, that your presence is here, God. And so we just come before you before you wide open God we press in do something in us tonight that we've been asking and that you've been wanting to do prodigal son the father was looking for his son he was waiting on him to come home there's some dreams in people tonight God that you've been wanting to see them just grab onto you've put that in them God and you I pray that tonight we see those awakened. I pray that callings that you've put in people's lives. I pray that we see those realized tonight. I pray that, that if there's people that has felt far from you and felt like their prayers are just bouncing off the ceiling, I pray that you show yourself in such a way tonight, God, that, that we could just stand in that gap, that gap that's keeping them from, from walking in. And Lord, teach us to hold strong to our confessions. Church, let's just spend some time praying your own words. Story. 